Welcome in, people. Welcome back. I am Jeremy Toms, host of the Big Law Capitalist Podcast, and I can't tell you how excited I am to have you back, to have you on another episode. This is a dream come true for me, so I'm so glad to have you here. Today's episode, we have Rick Perez. Rick is a senior VP at Loan Depot. He's doing major things, not only you know on his active income side, right, on the W-2 side, but also on the passive side. So he's, he's doing both. And he's really kind of active on the investment side too. He's doing a lot of really cool stuff. He's really, really good at structuring creative deals, right? Like literally using his relationships to create these really high upside deals. And so I want, I want you guys to join in. I want you to join me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I do, I'll tell you, make sure you stick around for the last 15 minutes. Super important because the last 15 minutes, it's chock full of value, especially going into how you leverage your relationships. I can't stress enough how important it is for you to leverage your relationships when it comes to commercial real estate and just real estate in general. If you want to build passive income, it's all about who you know. You guys know that, but I just want to make sure you know that you need to stick around for the last 15 minutes of the episode. Can't wait to dive in. So without further ado, I'm going to bring in Rick. All right, guys, welcome in. I'm pumped. I'm super excited. We have Rick Perez on. Rick, thanks so much for joining us, man. Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks. I really appreciate you. Uh, you invite me onto your podcast. Absolutely, man. I, I love having you. I think you have a ton of insight on stuff that people otherwise wouldn't even think is a is a, a necessarily a value add to their investment portfolio. But I think um, as we get into it, I think you'll have a lot of insights that people will walk away being like, "Oh, wait, like I have, my network does matter. Like that. It's a it's a really really big deal, right? I think attorneys in general know that like their connections are sort of their that's going to be their, their step, you know, to level up, you know, their you know, sort of, uh, attorney portfolio, if you will, like, you know, as far as like, you know, leveling up, getting to that partnership level, but in real estate, it's that important, if not more so, because I think the network is what then helps you sort of generate, you know, that, that mega wealth, that, that next level wealth. So, uh, let's dive into it. And first, before we get into anything, I actually want to, I'm going to throw it to you because I want you to intro yourself. I know people are going to love hearing from you, but they want to know know who they're hearing from, right? So uh, tell us a little about yourself, man. Where are you from? So originally from San Francisco. Um, uh, grew with San Francisco. Fantastic city. Yeah. Grew with San Francisco. Moved there in 1998, which was like still like maybe a couple high rises and, you know, still growing and bad neighborhoods everywhere, but definitely, yeah. a, definitely a beautiful city at the time. And it was just, you know, it's the place to be if you want to be with, with the who the who's who's and the who's nots, right? So you eliminate right, right. And so you, you were in San Francisco, so you saw like, I mean, the the boom firsthand. You you were there through all of it. I grew with it, yeah. I, I grew with the city. I financed a lot of the high rises and, and I saw a lot of my, a lot of my very close friends were developers who basically were very in the mecca of, of, of all the growth. I mean, one of my very close friends was even involved in that that millennial tower building, right? Which mm. is still like, you know, they say it's still taking the whole nine yards, but at the end of the day, like that building was a hot building uh, when it was first built. And, um, and it still is, you know? Um, um, but yeah, I, I grew up in the city and the city was, I mean, it was just so beautiful back then. And, you know, it's changed a lot today. Uh, and I don't want to dive into that aspect of it, but for the most part, yeah, I was able to, to, to be there with the growth and watch uh, a lot of areas really grow in the sense of like it's beauty right yeah everybody wanted to live there it was a place to be at the time so yeah no i think it uh 
uh, up until I think recently, right? It was the place to still be, right? It's just like, could you afford to, yeah. to be there? <laughs> was yeah. the, you know, sort of it became sort of the downside of it. But, um, yeah. and so you so you sort of, you moved to San Francisco back in 98. Yeah. Um, did you start investing in San Francisco or was that investment sort of happening after the fact? No, no, I started investing in uh, 2002. I bought a neighborhood called the Outer Richmond, which is the craziest thing because people, my friends would laugh at me. They'd be like, hey man, so where did you buy your home at? I'm like, oh, I bought it in the Outer Richmond. And they're like, oh, that's not even in San Francisco, even though it was, but it was so far from them, which in reality, it was literally four miles. And to them, it was like, you're way out of the city. Well, back then there was no Uber and there was no Lyft. Right. So, and no cab would ever take you that far out. So you had to get like a town car, like a black town car. Like you had to like <laughs> literally pay a hundred dollars to go like home every, like on the weekends, if you want to go out in the financial district where I worked at. Um, and so, um, but when Uber and, and, um, and Lyft came about that neighborhood exploded. Like it was like the place. So now it's the place to be today. Right. right. And then from there I invested in, um, in an area called the dog patch. And, uh, that was in 2003 or four. And I bought my, I bought a loft there and, um, my old business partner convinced me to get it. She said, Oh, you got to get this place. You're going to look good in it. I'm like, no, I love my home. I don't need another place. She goes, no, no, you're going to buy it. She actually made the offer for me. And then we got into contract and I didn't buy it. And it was an area that was a really tough neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Um, like my car got broken into like at least every other week. Right. It was like crazy. And I wouldn't, I, it get, got to the point where I just left my windows open. I'm like, man, take whatever you want. You know? Like, <laughs> so at that time I, um, but now today you have the warrior stadium, you've got UCSF, uh, children's hospital, you got the giant stadium, you got now, you know, you got trans public transportation running through there. You got restaurants, you got, I mean, everything's there. So now it's like the place to be. And it is one yeah. of the sunniest parts of San Francisco. So a lot of people love being out there. But at that time, there was just nothing out there. It was just this loft. And then there's an old company called the old clothing store that still exists, I think, in, in other parts of the world, except for the U.S., called the Esprit Outlet, the Esprit Clothing, so that their headquarters was in right in my in my neighborhood. And actually, those are lost now. So, oh, there you uh, go. so yeah. So and then I end up buying a property right across from Golden Gate Park called the Panhandle, which is right next to Haight Nashbury remodeled that home. And so I was able to really locate areas uh, in San Francisco that weren't very expensive right. at the time, but there was growth potential, right? And so that's kind of what I've always learned from by my mom and dad. Um, and then I owned several I owned several properties in San Jose, California that I was able to then leverage, you know, in the last six years. And so Fantastic, it was, man. yeah, it was, it was, but I mean, where all this came from, it really started from my mom and dad. I was the only one that really dabbed into this market. Like my mom, my mom, who is a top real estate agent for many years, I kind of followed her steps, you know, and that, you know, you know, risk and, you know, and I, I followed her, her, her investment portfolios. And, and my dad, you know, being a retired contractor, he then was able then to manage their properties. I think oh, at nice. the time they had like 30 in San Jose. Um, wow. And then they leveraged to get better ones. Right. And so, and so, yeah, I think I just took that niche from them and then I applied it to like, just, I call it a good feeling buy. So I'll go into a neighborhood and I'll be like, 
And in my heart, I'm like, this is the spot. Yeah. And everyone who I've referred people to in those areas that I know who are friends of mine who are like, no, I'm never living there. Today, their homes are worth like over one and a half million dollars. And so I just have that niche. And so coming to Pittsburgh, fast forward to Pittsburgh, I've done the exact same thing and it's worked out, right? And, and so, so what, that's a good segue because I wanted to ask you something. You're, you're doing all this, right? Even then, you're doing all of this uh, while maintaining what I assume at that point was a W-2. Is that right? Yeah, no. Well, during the time in San Francisco, I had my own business. And so me okay. and a partner, yeah, we kind of struck gold during the dot-com era, which was 2000, right? We, um, we, uh, our company got sold, our stock split. And then we basically, what we did was became, uh, we, we lend hard money out to contractors and, and investors. Oh, in hard pause. Quick, yeah. quick question. Hard yeah. money. Uh, just, just for the, sort of the, uh, the, the listener's edification, right? Um, what, what is hard money? Hard money is basically a type of financement that goes on, um, that's, that's leveraged out to a client that, you know, has the capital to use, doesn't want to use all their money, wants to get a transaction done complete uh, quickly. And basically you have these investors that say, Hey, I believe in what you're doing. I'm going to look at the overall, you know, steps of your of your purchase or the steps of the what you're buying, and I'm going to I'm going to either agree or not agree whether I want to you know lend you this so you can close quickly based upon the terms that I'm going to you know I'm going to give to you. This is not it's what we call a non traditional financing in in my business, right? So right, not traditional like private debt, right? Or private, right? So, and I guess hard money would be kind of a I don't know, I guess they call that, you know, it'd be a street, street, you know, a street name for it, but you know. So. Yeah, right. It's like, it's like it, it like covers like a massive swath of like, of uh, of debt financing that's like, you know, higher interest rate, a little, little riskier deals, right? But like you use it, you know, short term in order to, you know, you can do a number of things right there with it, right? right. You flip, right. you can do a number of things. But, uh, but yeah, no, I just wanted to, I wanted to toss out that definition. So I cut you off. So you were, you were saying that you're, at the time you were running a business. Yeah. So yeah, lit- yeah we got our own business. And, um, basically what I did was, um, when we started lending this money out, we were approached by several correspondents to take on a line of credit, which we did. And then we started then working with brokers and I didn't know anything about this whole, that industry, right? This was probably roughly around 1999, 2000. I had no clue about that industry. So I'm like, okay, how do we do this? So what I did was I hired a UCLA economist, who was very well, who knew about mortgage-backed securities, who knew how to do mortgage-backed security trade-offs on Wall Street. Mm-hmm. And he basically taught us, like, this is how you do it. This is how you make your margins. This is how you make your profits. Before you know, one, a line of credit started at $1 million, and then it started at $2 million, then at $10 million. And then we, And then I had to hire more people. So now, I'm, now I have an office of, like, 3,300 square feet. I have 100, we have 100 employees. And now I'm selling mortgage-backed securities to Wall Street. And, and this is early 2000s. Yeah, all the way till 2000, probably 10. Gotcha. I was a Spanish major. So, I, you know, my friends today, they like, man, like, how'd you even get into math? Like, dude, you, we, we know you <laughs> as the worst mathematician in the world. I'm like, well, because repetitive after a while. So it's like, it's like anything, you know? So we did that. Right. And so I was running that business. And also the investments at the same time. Gotcha. So, yeah. Uh, right. So you're yeah. so yeah, pulling so toward you're, a yeah double duty, right? right. Um, and and so 
and that and sort of segue to to now, right? So what what's your what's your say let's I guess focus on for a second, your W two. What's your W two title, right? Like what do you do now? So today I'm what you know, today I work for for Loan Depot and I work on their mortgage advancement side. So basically a team of us decided to to work together to start building out areas for kind of a small business within a business, right? And so what we've done is we've taken our our connections, our those who we've been working with, which are a lot of uh, you know, investors, real estate uh, agents, uh, wealth management, CPAs, you know, on and on and on, attorneys. And basically, what we did is we took our clientele base from San Jose and San Francisco. We moved it to a builder division in Boise, Idaho, and then I then I started building my business here in the Northeast, which was New York uh, and Pittsburgh. Um, and so we've all been working together as a team to create this atmosphere for the for Loan Depot in our in our business sector. So that's basically what I do is I work in mortgage finances and but we work as a team developing new development. And uh, one of my specialties is condos because mm-hmm. of my experience in San Francisco. I help finance a lot of condos in San Francisco um, and a lot of high rises, which then kind of taught me, well, I learned a $75,000 loss on the loft that I bought in San Francisco for that to really educate me on how an HOA really works. And so that was what I, what I brought not only to when I went to New York, but also to uh, Pittsburgh. And, um, and so that's been kind of my, my, my niche, right? So everyone's got a niche. Some people work with just doctors. Some people just work with um, investors. I work with condos, like, and, and, you know, and that's kind of what I've always been known as, especially when I was in San Francisco, everyone knew like, Hey, if you're going to get finance, like go through Rick, like he knows everything about that, that place. Like he knows everything about what's going on with the HOA. He's involved with the HOA presidency. He's involved with the HOA reserves. He knows, you know, any litigations, how to go around the litigations. And so that's kind of what I just, I niche myself to, to be because not a lot of people want to take the time to read HOA documents, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, articles of incorporations, you know, CCNRs, you know, and all, the, you know, the whole nine yards. I yeah, mean, bylaws, all that stuff. Right, right. One of the things I love about you is that um, you, you sort of, you take your your talents, right? And you you apply it in multiple areas. And what, what I call that sort of like leveraging your time, right? Like you leverage your time on 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 high growth activities, right? So you you leverage your time in your business, which is why you're so good at, at your, you know, your W two job, right? Like you, you took so many years to figure out how to do it well, and so you leverage your time in that, and then you also leverage your time on the investment side, which is how we actually got introduced, right? And so, one other part of leverage, because leverage is funny, right? Leverage people think is just about loans and about you know having an asset and putting a loan on it, and thus I'm leveraging it. And I tell people all the time, like leverage can apply to a lot of things. You know, leverage is about like about Using something to, you know, sort of, sort sort of scale your abilities in a certain area, right? Like being able to lift more than you otherwise would be able to, and you've done a great job at that. And I won't, I won't copyright it, right? But like, essentially, yeah. what I'm saying is, you've done a, a good job of leveraging your relationships. Like leveraging relationships is is vital, I think, to anybody's ability to scale their we- uh, wealth. And I think yeah. you've done a phenomenal job at it. Yeah. Um, and so I wanted to chat with you about. What do you think are important, um, you know, qualities when it comes to leveraging relationships, right? Like not only just 
the ability to do it. So like your abilities, but also, also sort of looking at the people you have relationships with who you, you know, enter into partnerships with, who you, who you connect with in order to sort of, I guess, bring up the both of you, right? Like, you know, yeah. as far as, um, as far as like, you know, getting into opportunities, right? Like there's right. a few here in Pittsburgh, I know you've done yeah. where you sort of leverage relationships out in San Francisco and you bring them back this way, you know, and allow them to sort of invest with you yeah. um, on different, different, you know, initiatives. So like, I wanted to go a little bit into that. So yeah, as far as leveraging relationships, how did that start for you, right? Like early in your investing career, when did you start sort of leveraging your your relationships to, you know, access properties. I know you mentioned your business partner, you know, got, you know, essentially put an offer in for you on that condo. But when did you really sort of see the benefit of like involving your your closer relationships, people you trusted? You know, it's interesting you ask that because I'm like this social like butterfly that just loves being around, just being around people, right? And and I think the more hands you touch, the more ability you get to understand what they do. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, and sometimes it's like a relationship. You realize like, Hey, you and I like the same thing. You and I like doing the same thing. And then when you collaborate those people together, like it really, it really put, it really makes it more powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in San Francisco, like, like I was saying earlier, my, my really good friends were like involved in these high rises, right? They were the head, um, you know, uh, PMs, project managers of what was going on. And so they would, they would be like, Hey, Rick, we're, we're going to, we want to introduce you to people. For me, it was like, I'm there. And once they introduced me to those who were involved in these projects, then I was able to leverage those relationships in the sense of, okay, I know now what you like. I know now what you're looking for. I may know something that's going on, you know, on this side of town or on that side of town that you may have an interest and I'll let you know once. And so for me, that's always been my way of conducting not only relations, but business. When you're in San Francisco, that's like, that's a high scale, right? You're, you're like, when you're, when you're, when you're working with, you know, with those who are in those capacities, like you now know how to take that, that architectural plan and bring it now to a different city, right? Mm -hmm. Now it may not be the same layout, but you can tweak that plan that you've already done and bring that to a city that's trying to grow. And actually you can teach people like, Hey, these are the mistakes that people did at this high level. These are the things that they did very well at a high level. So let me tell you what I think or my opinion, whether you want to take that into consideration. Great. If you do or you don't, I, I'm just here to kind of give you my, uh, you know, an experience of, of what I went through, leveraging those relationships. A lot of my good friends who have capital did not want to invest in Pittsburgh until I got here. Right. They wanted, they wanted me to invest all of my money in Pittsburgh first to see if it was going to like be good. <laughs> like we, they're like, Rick, we love you, but we don't love you that much. You know? And so they're like, yeah, man, you go first. Yeah. We'll make sure. So, I did. And it's been very, so now they're on, now they're on the train, right? They're like, all right. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and you know, it's funny that that train for me was in 2015 and I didn't pull the trigger back then. And it's funny that we, that we were all here at one time because of my job. 
that if we had done that, we would have been at a higher, you know, return, right? But now that I'm still here, there's still opportunity. And so now those relationships that I've leveraged, um, they're now in that, we're in that trust mode of like, hey, we believe in what, we, we saw what you did in San Francisco. We believe now what, what you're doing in Pittsburgh is because I'm a person who, what I would call a student, a student of the area, right? So I love educating myself about what goes on in the city I live in from, mm. from the political aspect of it to the GDP aspect of it, to the neighborhood aspect of it, to everything. Like I want to know what neighborhoods are failing. I want to know what neighborhoods are doing well. I want to know everything. And so when I first got here, like my job, just like I did when I got to San Francisco, I drove around every neighborhood around Pittsburgh. I mean, every neighborhood. I would stop in the local restaurant in that neighborhood and I'd just ask questions because I really want to know like at one time what occurred here and at one time what what's the what's the prosperity of what can occur here so and so you know what's funny yeah I not to cut you off I just what's really funny about about the relationship piece is you never know you never really know who when you meet somebody how much value they're going to add to to you know sort of your ascent if you will um so I've met people you know who I thought you know just happenstance right just random meetings that you know, end up turning out to be majorly beneficial for for the, the the growth of of my wealth and also just my connections, right? Like people who, right. you know, uh, one of my good friends I've met I met here actually where we live now in Pittsburgh um, at a random you know commercial real estate meetup and turned out to be one of the most well connected well connected people I've ever met, and that's turned into you know sort of a spider web of, of connections and and. Right. sort of fellowship and relationships that have turned into deals, right? Which have turned into added wealth. And so I think a lot of times um, people look at real estate and they think, oh, this is a, it's it's a purely numbers game. That's not necessarily true. Like, I mean, there's a lot of deals yeah. that I've, I've been involved in that I've sort of, you know, stumbled into just based on, hey, somebody thought of me when they met me one time, right? Like they knew me, they knew my reputation, which is an important part of, of all of this is reputation. And, to include me because of it, right? And, but right. It's, it's simply based on relationships and their sort of leveraging of, of our relationship, right? Like, you know, them knowing me or people with you, right? Like, right. people are getting involved in Pittsburgh because of you, right? Not yeah. not because of necessarily Pittsburgh. So right. it, it all starts with that that you know, leveraging that relationship. Absolutely. Um, and on that note, I wanted to I wanted to, to touch on just quickly uh, one particular uh, property you did recently that I, I think is just. It's mind-boggling how you pulled it off um, any number of ways, but like, I think at the core of it, honestly, it was the relationships piece. So right. we'll quickly touch on the deal, but I think then I want to kind of chat about like why this is so important, why people really need to think about this. Um, so you, you bought a deal here in Pittsburgh, uh, down in, in in the Lawrenceville neighborhood. Um, it was a a, a multi-unit, right? Right, uh, a lease space with um with a uh, residential on top. Yeah, that's right. That's that's right. So yeah, mixed commercial use, bottom. The, the word for me would be mixed use. Right? There you go. There you go. So mixed use. And um, what would you buy it for? Purchase price was five ninety. Yeah. Okay. Was, uh, for five or nine thousand, and then there were some credits that were involved uh, towards the end of the transaction that really were in the favor of of, of our purchase. Which you know, granted, was a true blessing, right? So you know, the way it went yeah. down was like it, it was crazy, but I mean it worked out in our favor and um, we're very, very happy with, with how we 
we're very happy what we bought because we, my partners and I, we know the value of what it's going to be in the future, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I ran by it. I, as crazy as it can be, I prayed about it. Like I just, and in my heart, it was like, you got to get that property, right? Like right. you got to do whatever it takes to get that property. And we did. Um, like literally, but, yeah. Like yeah, whatever it, it took. Through, it was like we've been talking about. It was through relationships, right? And so uh, a, common re- a common relationship that you and I have then veered it towards another relationship that I just built. And and the, the person saw value. He saw where we were coming from. He saw um, that we were that you know that we were pretty responsible in our in our in our other businesses. So he felt like, hey, I want to help these guys out, right? Yeah. I've never met this person, uh, but because of my relationships and the ones that I've created, it really valued and it gave credibility to this person. To say like, hey, like I want to work, you know, I, I want to help these guys out, and uh, we did. And um, I think, I think. To be honest, it's going to be a very, very profitable uh, investment. But how it went down was like we've been talking about. It was purely relationships that occurred here in Pittsburgh. That it um, almost fell through, right? Like, I mean, yeah, yeah, the close, to, day, yeah. close to the closing date. It was like, yeah, it was starting to fall apart three a little days, bit. And yeah, three days, right yeah. before it was like, man, wild. Yeah, just but it went, wild. But it went, yeah, and so now we, you know, we I've set we, you know, my partners and I we set goals for what we're going to do with the property when we want to have it completed, um, you know, the things that we want to improve on. And so at the end of the day, like those things do occur sometimes, you know, and, and it's, um, but when you want something, man, you got, you know, man, you got, yeah. you, you got to fight, you know? And so, um, uh, we did, and, uh, it worked out. It really did work out for us. And our agent did a really good job. And, um, and everyone who was involved in the transaction, um, really worked hard to see it go through, you know? So, um, but like you were and, saying earlier, it was it was tough. Yeah, but it was a great purchase. Yeah, and I and I was pumped for you because I mean I was I was happy to be able to to even point you in, in, in any direction, but let alone be the right direction, right? To to get it figured out. But I I brought that up because I think it's critical to point out how important relationships are in this business, even yeah. if you're not an active investor, right? Like right. like Rick, you're an active investor, you've done very well at it. I'm an active investor, I've done really well at it. But even if you're just somebody who's investing passively. It's still so critical to have that those sort of you know built-in relationships that will allow allow you to meet the right people and you know have the right people point you in the right direction, right? right. To to the right operator, to the right sponsor is going to be able to to sort of get you involved in the deals that you otherwise wouldn't be able to get involved in. So yeah. um, we're running up against our clock, man. I just yeah. want to at first I want to say thank you so much. Of course, like I say to all my guests, thank you so much, man. I know you're busy. I know I know how busy you are, especially with all you have going on. So I really do appreciate it, man. Uh, uh, oh, real quick, before we go, I want to make sure you can plug your uh, plug your socials, man. So is there anywhere uh, that people should look for you? You know, it's interesting. Um, and everyone gets mad at me because I don't, I'm not a social media guy. And everyone's like, man, Rick, you're not on Facebook, you're not on Instagram, you're not on, like, I think I'm on LinkedIn. And every once in a while, like, I, didn't even, I don't even realize I have the account. <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm an old school, you know, listen, I, I'm old school in the sense of like, I, I go into battle, right? And what I mean by battle is I go into, I go to events and I'm like a hand grenade. Yeah. Like someone released a pin and I'm ready to go, <laughs> like, just like go meet everybody, right? So, and, and then from there, I build a relationship really face to face. And then you really get to know somebody like, you know, when you sit down with them, right? You, I mean, you, you're there for an hour. You get to, 
you're sponging everything they're telling you. They're sponging everything you're telling them. And I just feel like I've never gotten away from that. So when COVID hit, like, oh man, like I went crazy. I was like, uh, yeah. okay, yeah, because yeah. I don't know any social media, right? So I'm like, okay, now I'm stuck in the house. So I, I started just traveling all over the country, going to areas that were open so I could still go to events, right? And people are like, dude, you're nuts. I'm like, no, I'm not nuts. I'm like, I need to get to these events. So somewhere in Texas, somewhere in Pittsburgh, somewhere in Florida. And so I just never lost a beat. Yeah. But, you know, when it comes to, uh, to social media, my sister, who's a big social media queen, She's just like, you, I got to, I got to get you plugged in because <laughs> everything you do, everyone needs to know about. And, and no one even, people know you everywhere, but you know how many more people can know you? And I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm like, but I, I'm like, I'm like, let me think about it. Right. So, so for right <laughs> well, now, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, no, no, no. Fair enough. Then I, I totally get it, man. I, I'm right there with the same boat. I uh, luckily I have a good team behind me who, who can help me, right. Get the message out. Yeah. Um, but I'm right there with you. But, um, full-time job. Well, so, well, so I'll make sure that the social media you do have, right? LinkedIn, I'll make sure we plug that into the show notes. Yeah. But Rick, man, thank you so much. I can't thank well, you enough. Yeah. Yeah, um, to, to the audience, to the listeners, thank you guys so much. I really, really appreciate you guys jumping on with us. Again, I can't stress enough how important it is to have the right relationships in this game, right? In the investing game, in real estate. You know, if you want to scale your wealth, if you want to get involved, it's about knowing people. And so part of that's just, you know, reaching out to people, asking the questions. If you ever, ever have any questions, feel free to link to, uh, reach out to me on my uh, Instagram or my LinkedIn Instagram. It's at the Big Law Capitalist. Uh, LinkedIn at Jeremy Toms. Thank you all so much. I'll catch you next time. Peace. All right, we did it. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode. I really, really do appreciate it. Do me a big favor. If you want to be a part of the Big Law Capitalist community to stay up to date with all of our latest episodes, you got to hit that subscribe button. Super important. But I can't thank you enough for joining me this week. I'll see you next time. Peace.